Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Ventura, and I'm joined in the studio by Trisha Casson, Kayla Walton, and Joel Yarmish. And, you know, today we're going to talk about one of the most wonderful things we can, beauty. It is like one of the things that draws people into a topic. But before we begin, let's go ahead and start off with prayer. Kayla? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Most Holy Trinity, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the gift of your love, for the gift of your truth. And Lord, we thank you especially for the gift of beauty in our lives. We pray that you may give us the grace to truly see this beauty in each and everything that we do and come across. And Lord, we pray that everything that we think, say, and do may be for your greater honor and glory. As we pray, all glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Kayla. That that was a beautiful prayer. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> see, see how we connected it all there? So, you know, we as we said, we were talking about beauty. And one might be wondering, well, you're going to talk about, like, flowers and nature mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's like, no, not necessarily. Beauty is kind of like something that draws us in, that catches our attention. For example, we don't we don't say something's beautiful because it's, oh, that's nice or mm-hmm. that's that's pleasing. But we say something's beautiful when it evokes a sort of being drawn into and so we're just going to be talking about different things what kind of talks about beauty because it's hard to kind of identify it sometimes i think it's hard to identify it father because it you know as the saying goes beauty is in the eye of the beholder Mm -hmm. and i think you know there's obviously some um some uh, non-truth to that like yeah (laughs) because it's a little too right yeah but at the same time i think that it's good to keep in mind that you know, our Lord like allows us to see beauty and small, tiny little things. And what I, you know, wrote really like strikes me as mm. beautiful may not strike you, right. may not strike Trisha mm-hmm. or Jill, you know. And, and so it really is maybe not beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but like beauty is given as a gift to each of us individually to right. see. And in certain perspectives and stuff like that. Like, for example, modern art. Some people think that's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Don't even I, get me started. <laughs> I may not see the beauty. I see right. how people might like it, but I'm not necessarily all that fascinated by it personally i'm not sure yeah and i'm, I'm from the, my perspective married to a former uh chastity educator my wife <laughs> although she'll tell you there are no former chastity educators it's a permanent right because so, you have you're having children <laughs> so right so uh, she, the way she would always describe beauty is that it it captures attention and points to something greater so you're using your beauty to point towards something greater and that's something greater i think in all our perspectives is is god is that we see the beauty and it catches our eye and it draws us into a closer a closer relationship with god because it makes us really understand um mm-hmm. we were all created for a unique purpose and we were all created by the creator which is god mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think often is the case is that when i mean that that phrase beauty is in the eye of the beholder they think we want to say like it's subjective, it's like whatever strikes you as beautiful, which I mean has some validity. And you you kind of drew that out, Kayla, saying you know it's a gift, it's a personal gift from God to kind of draw us into something. But at the same time, there is an objective be- objective beauty that we can point to in some senses. So, for example, we wouldn't say that you know someone's trash is beautiful, even though say no, look how beautiful it's an art project. 
This is beautiful. And we'd say, well, no, that doesn't actually point to beauty. But when we can all look at a landscape, a, a nature landscape, and say this, there's something else here that kind of catches the mindset. I think definitely what you're saying, um, Father, is true. But I think even more than that, you know, the, the frame of mind that we're called to have as Christians, as Catholics, is no longer, oh, that's a beautiful landscape. Like, mm-hmm. look at the sun, look at the, you know, the way that it's reflecting on the dew, on the grass, but more like think about the creator who made that. Mm-hmm. So suddenly we are no longer thinking about, wow, that's beautiful. We're thinking about, oh my goodness gracious, like this is such an amazing gift from our heavenly father who loves us unconditionally. And the, you know, our beauty, the beauty, the thought of beauty that we have for that small Mm-hmm. Um, on that small level is suddenly taken up like 200 levels, you know, Yeah, because we're able to see who, uh, who created it. And there, there is that kind of distinction between the beauty of like what we see in front of us and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, and one thing that I guess I tend to think of when I see something like that is it, it puts in when I, it starts a conversation in my head that, okay, um, I was created for a purpose. Uh, I was created by God. But now I know that I something's been entrusted to me, right? So the, mm-hmm. all those thoughts st- start going through my mind that um, it's sometimes it's easy for to forget that we're here for a particular reason. And so when you when you think back to even the beginning of the Bible, when um, God created the world, what did He create man for? To be fruitful, multiply, obviously, but also to take care of His creation to, to, to be good stewards. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. precisely, Trisha. You know, I think this is the tragedy of our our generation, though. I don't think. The young people today have a trouble recognizing beauty. Okay, so I think that we live in a culture where um, people our age can easily recognize things that are beautiful. For example, right? we like to eat, drink good wine, eat good cheese. People are dressing really nice. We go to watch mm-hmm. like very intricate movies and like. Um, or take, take sunset photographs. Yeah, like, photographs. Oh my we, goodness. A million yeah. fo- like filters and we can take the best <laughs> photographs and, um, you know. But I think our problem of our generation is that, like, we, we're we serving the beauty. Like, mm-hmm. we don't... Mm. How do we train ourselves to see past that? Right. So, because I think that, like, you know, I was... I'm going to go on a hiking trip in Montana um, soon, and I was reading, like, the biographies of the people who are the trail guides. So, like, uh, they're the ones who, yeah, like, take the group, and you're in the wilderness for weeks. And um, And I was just kind of, like... Uh, I don't know how to articulate it. Was like it just the focal very... point of their lives it was the nature rather than? Yeah, it's like like we need to like push ourselves to see to see God through the beauty. Exactly. But if we're not trained to do that, we're not raised to do that. Then like, mm-hmm. how can we help our peers see that like the beauty itself? We're not. I'm not worshiping nature. I'm not like sitting by this tree and thinking like you're not worshiping mm-hmm. the four elements. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Water, fire. Water, fire, wind, air, earth, or something like that. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Clearly. Rock, paper, yeah. scissors. But it's kind of <laughs> this, this, like, yoga, yeah. yoga god. You know, like, um, yeah. it's all about, like, I think our generation is all about, like, zen and, like, uh, inner. It's very, being yeah, at one like, with the, the, the words yeah. we use are, like, you know, I just felt really, like, I was sending good vibes and I... Oh, yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. You know, like, we're serving this, like, feel good like i want to search for beauty but then it stops there does that make sense yeah no it does yeah i was literally walking through target's parking lot last night 
And um, it was like nine o'clock and I was focused on a million other things. And this bumper sticker just like stopped me in my tracks. And it said, worship the creator, not the creation. And I think like that is perfectly mm-hmm. tying into all of this. You know, we a lot of times I think in our society, we stop at the creation, just like what you're saying. We stop at the I hike on these beautiful trails. They are beautiful. I am finding quote unquote inner peace, whatever that is. And that's beautiful. You know, it's every like the creation is being worshipped, which you know, we have to take, we're called to take that a step further. Well, you could see that on the Camino too, Kayla. Like, so when I was hiking yeah. the Camino, um, it is like, you're surrounded by, I mean, you're like overwhelmed by beauty. Okay. Everything about the Camino is pretty much beautiful. And, but most people I'm hiking with aren't, aren't, don't have a faith or, and like we have, you get into these great conversations about like how they're finding peace through like the beauty and the silence. But like to them, like, uh, like the silence and like the beautiful scenery was what brought them peace, not the man who created it. Right. Like yeah. it didn't yeah. go more. It didn't draw and them out. I'm not out. saying that like the Lord will draw us in through anything. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like these people are at fault or we know so much more. We have this like secret to life that they don't. Um, but I guess it's just like, how can we like cultivate a culture where like, yeah, it points to God and not just to the creation. Well, you know, I, I have a suggestion for that, but before oh. we do that, <laughs> welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Ventura. I'm joined in the studio by Kayla Walton, Joel Yarmish, and Trisha Casson, and we're talking about beauty, and we've just talked about, like, you know, how we can be struck by the beauty of nature, how sometimes we kind of get stopped by what's in front of us, where it's just mm-hmm. like, I'm at peace with nature. Look at the oneness it all has. I'm glad I'm a part of this, but not really going beyond. And I have something to suggest that for that going beyond, but it kind of comes from my work, is, you know, in the church, beautiful liturgy, you know, you know, how we worship God, the acts that we do to worship God, not be focused in nature, because I've noticed a trend and I might catch some flack for this, but, you know, a lot of chapels or churches are being built with like views of beautiful scenery, like look at God's own chapels, like, okay, that's nice, but that's not our focus. Our focus is being drawn up into the relationship of the Trinity. So, I'm of the opinion that our chapels and churches should be built to draw us out, not bring us down, Um, you know, point us up, point us beyond what's in front of us, because we're pilgrims here. I mean, all of this, Mm -hmm. all of this around us is passing. Mm -hmm. This will all die one day. I mean, it's not permanent. I know, Father, you're definitely onto something, but the problem is uh, the most people who who kind of worship this, like, yoga feel good kind of beauty Mm -hmm. don't ever walk into the churches right yeah i think one way that you could combat that you know is just saying like is treating everything as a gift okay Mm -hmm. so where there is a gift there has to be a giver you know Mm -hmm. like a gift just doesn't a a gift implies that there's a giver Mm -hmm. and so i think that if we you know with our friends who are very much like oh like look at this you know saying like yeah like this is such a gift god is Mm -hmm. so good you know, and then all of a sudden it's like training us to think, okay, I see a beautiful sunset. That beautiful sunset is a gift. I see a child laughing like that child laughing is a gift. And who is the giver? Well, the ultimate giver, our Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, so, it's, it's really easy in our daily life because everyone has a ton going on to forget. I mean, we become, I guess, complacent in our faith because we forget. And every, and every time I see something beautiful, something strikes me as beautiful. Music is beautiful. I see a lot in my daughter. Um, and you say, this is just this dot. Like I see a lot in my daughter, probably what God sees in me mm-hmm. vulnerable. Um, but, but totally worth it in every single way. So, um, it's, I think 
I think what we can do to to better see the uh, forest through the trees, I guess, to, to use a nature analogy, is to is is to to take the time and to recognize beauty, to to not become dull to it, to not become immune to the beauty, because it's it's easy, I guess, um, if you see the beauty over and over again, um, to to not recognize it. But I think it's important um, to first the first step is to recognize the beauty, and the second step is to let it move you and to let it in and in, in let it stir emotions in you and ultimately point, point you towards the creator. And that's wonderful because there are actually two schools of thought in spirituality. There's, you know, on one side with uh, St. John of the Cross, the nada doctrine, the, you know, nothing mm-hmm. where, you know, everything just be detached from everything. So, I mean, there there are two legitimate things, but what, but not, I, I know Kayla, Kayla over here is wincing <laughs> at me. The Carmelite in me is like, no, no, like, no, I, I am doing a bad. One tenth of it. <laughs> one tenth. It's, it's not. But it le- but what I was going to eventually get to is that yeah. because then it leads to like seeing God in everything. Okay, Theo. Seeing Whew, God it. in everything. Okay. First, not looking at creation for creation's sake, but mm-hmm. then seeing how everything is from God. But mm-hmm. it starts from one point. And then there's another point where, you know, Ignatian spirituality, where it's like, all right, I can be happy. I mean, mostly focusing on the, you know, the first two lines from Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing I shall want, Mm -hmm. you know, that everything that a person has is from God. So they they can live in holiness in both, as he would say, as St. Ignatius of Loyola would say, in the castle or in the the poor house. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just that kind of detachment from Mm -hmm, all these things. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. So it's kind of like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. There, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want. Obviously, like mm. of course, like we we ally our lives to that statement. But there are still times in our life when we feel that want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, no matter how holy we are, and probably the holiest mm-hmm. saints felt the want the most. Yeah. Um, and so, but, uh, so beauty can kind of I don't know. Like sometimes do you feel like it's like God's like bomb. So I, I work in this big beautiful hospital, um, and. Everyone in my hospital is suffering, so it's a cancer hospital. And they made this hospital so beautiful, like aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's almost in a sense like, so the people who are there can, in some sense, like, forget their suffering a little. Mm-hmm. I, and not that you can forget, but like when right, you have this right. big, beautiful window overlooking a city and like these flat screen TVs and like beautiful artwork on the walls and everything is so clean. Um, in a sense, it might make you not forget your suffering, but like mm-hmm. realize know, that it's m- not it's not the only thing in the world. Or just like make yeah. it more bearable. Like when you're around beautiful things, it's easier to suffer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. It does. But then we get back to that original point is that, you know, it's seen that beauty for a reason. It's not just mm-hmm. beautiful for beauty's sake. Mm-hmm. Well, but well, yeah, it, but it, um, I guess I think it was you who mentioned that we're, we're pilgrims here, yeah. right? So... We're pilgrims here because we're ultimately going where we're going to God. One, one of three God. Yeah. Homesick for heaven. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so when and when you see these these beautiful things, it's it's sort of like an appetizer, right? Mm-hmm. Not because heaven will be greater than our wildest imagination. But then when we see something that we could never imagine could be so yeah. beautiful, then we're just like, oh my gosh! Like this is why we need to do what we need mm-hmm. to do so that we can see this everywhere. I mean, it's going to be in heaven. It's going to be better than that. And it's, it's just kind of, like I said, mm-hmm. an appetizer. I guess I have a, I have a question. Is yeah. beauty an, an intricacy or simplicity? I mean, mm-hmm. there, there, it's just this, it's kind of an age old question. Is beauty an intricacy, like all these parts working mm-hmm. together or in, in the simplistic kind of presentation 
of it all. Like, I mean, I think that it really just depends on the situation because, you know, I I was driving my sister um, early yesterday morning and um, we were just crossing Fishinger Road right mm-hmm. over that bridge and there was like a little um, canoe, a rower in mm-hmm. the bridge and the sun was rising and it was just so simple. Three mm-hmm. things, water, rower, sun. That was it, and it, but it was perfect. So that's, you know, beauty and simplicity. But then mm-hmm. you go to like the Basilica of the, you know, in Washington, D.C. and there are literally millions and millions of little tiles that are create super intricate um, shrines and chapels. And I mean, like my breath is taken away at the beauty mm-hmm. of that. So I think... You know, there's there's definitely beauty in both. And I think it's whatever, like, our giver chooses, our Lord to us, chooses to give us at that moment is what yeah. we need, you know? Right. And whether it's intricate or simple or um, long or short or, you know, however, like, the duration of And I guess see, it, all, it also yeah. depends on the, on, on the receiver, too, because, right. like, I find beauty in, like, seeing, like, the intricate universe. Like, when mm-hmm. I learn about space mm-hmm. and, like, all the different galaxies, just, like, how... Mm-hmm how how can this be and just being struck by that like that kind of beauty of everything falling together and father that's what uh you're listening to saint gabriel alive for more you can listen to us on saint gabriel radio or saintgabriel.com online on demand demand. at (laughs) saintgabrielradio.com there's a reason why i don't do the reset (laughs) hey you're you're trying (laughs) um the ticket we air on Thursdays at noon or Sundays at three. My name's Trisha. I'm here with Joel Yarmish, Kayla Walton, and Father Nick Ventura. And we are talking about um, beauty today. Um, but Father, you were asking if beauty is simplistic or intricate. Or if it's in simplicity or intricacy. Mm-hmm. So those two things. Either there's something, you know, as Kayla said, rower, water, sun. Yeah. Or, you know, my kind of example of like seeing how all everything in the universe is interconnected. <laughs> it's it's funny because we I think all all four of us have really unique perspectives on on like we have different opportunities every day to see mm-hmm. beauty. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kayla can see it in the school children every single day and they're learning and, and Trisha can can see it every day in people approaching the end of their lives. And Father Nick, and you can do it at celebrating mass every day. And I can I've got the, the baby at home who's just the m- most vulnerable um, thing in the entire world. And it's it's just so funny because the things that I might find beautiful in, in my daughter or that I'm exposed to every day can become, it, it can become repetitive and you can mm-hmm. almost forget it. But then someone can come at, in from an outside world and see something and be like, how, how, do you how do lucky this? you are! How, yeah, <laughs> how can, can how can you even stand it? So yeah. it's yeah. just it's uh, it's such that's so funny. And I think that's the intricacy of the body of Christ. And mm-hmm. you know, we talked about the show about like how beauty is not in the eye of the beholder, but it kind of is. And I was sitting here kind of quiet because part of me just like really disagreed mm-hmm. that I do think beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, that we all, like God made us so unique. Mm-hmm. And we like different things in my soul. Nobody else has. And the way that I'm going to find God and beauty, nobody else can. And mm-hmm. they're like his secret little love messages to just me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody else can read them the way that I do. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's like how kind of Joel is saying that like uh, we're going to experience it all differently. But I but you're right in the sense that like who, who it's pointing to is objective yeah. and will not change. Yeah. Right. Um, but, I you know, an interesting topic in beauty is just like. <laughs> And tell me what your reactions are to this and if you've ever been in a situation where like the church gets, you've been criticized or maybe not you personally, but you've heard a conversation where the church is criticized because we won't sell the Sistine Chapel 
or you know we mm. have these paintings that are worth millions of dollars and why is the catholic church holding on to them because they're worth millions and billions of dollars and there are all these people suffering from poverty and if we were really stewards we would sell these and and save the third war countries you know like mm -hmm. how, what is your reaction to those comments well father first yeah. of all uh i mean the catholic church has traditionally been you know the safeguarder of western civilization you know these mm -hmm. treasures in the sistine chapel in these artworks are kind of like the heirlooms of western civilization so in a sense they're actually priceless because you know you can't really put a price on them yes people say they're worth millions and millions and billions of dollars but really Mm -hmm. You can't put a price on them because it's it's history. It's historical context. It's, it's history. I mean, it, it is. You know, it's where we come from. But the reality is that there is a price on them. And there, so, there is. And so right. people are saying, like, you need to get rid of some of your wealth and save the world. So, but well, also, and I guess my yeah. reaction to that is that the Catholic Church already is like the leader in healthcare and education, and yeah, like we we well, are I mean, helping. The the, the the scripture quote that comes to mind from the Gospels is that you will always have the poor with you. There will never be a time on this earth where we will not have the poor with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and if the church is, represent, is representation of the body of Christ, you know, we should give the best to the to the church like these buildings because the poor have a right to those things too. Mm -hmm. Because if we sold these things to private collectors, do you think they're going to let the poor in to see these things, to have ownership of them? I mean, anybody is welcome in any of the beautiful churches. You know, if you go, I mean, especially That's a really we, good perspective. I mean, if you go to like St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, you will find homeless people just being in there for most of the day. You know, it's the poor have a right to those beautiful objects too. they chances are it's the only beautiful thing that they have access to in their life. So, I mean, there's something like, well, this is for them. This is so that they don't have to feel like they have to live in squalor all their life. Yeah, I think, too, you know, something else to think about is. You know, the um, oftentimes, like when I was on a retreat and I would be super, super tired and, you know, just unable to give anything more, I would think to myself, okay, if this is going to help one soul go cr grow closer to Christ, mm -hmm. then it's totally worth it. And I think in the same way, you know, those beautiful churches and chapels and everything everywhere, if, if you know, for billions and billions of dollars that they may be worth, if they are able to lead one soul closer to Christ, I mean, mm -hmm. obviously our Lord is the giver of that grace, but if that is able to serve that purpose, then we, then we have an obligation to not, you know, to, to not sell it. To and, not give it away because right, chances, right. I mean, the thing is when that sort of stuff happens, this, this beautiful stuff will never see the light of day ever again. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. also too, you know, this is where humility comes in and that I am sure that there are bishops and priests and many, many people who are way more qualified than I am to think about those types of things. And I'm not saying, you know, take a step back, it's their problem, but more so, you know what, like at the end of the day, I have to, to sometimes say like, I, I don't know, but I trust, you know, I mm. trust that because of the grace of the office that they hold, I trust that they are making good choices, you know, and, and that's where, again, humility comes in. Right. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, as we've been kind of saying here, this entire show, beauty is always pointing to something more. I mean, Joel brought it up like it's what uh, his wife, a former chastity teacher, though, as he pointed out, never former. But, you know, oh, beauty is always, you know, here to point to something else. You know, 
and ultimately, as we've kind of established, pointing to God. Mm-hmm. And I think as we kind of talk about how do we bring our brothers and sisters into like transcendent beauty, mm-hmm. but before we can bring anybody here, we can't give what we don't have, right? You know, first we have to enter into transcendent beauty. You know, first by, you know, entering into the liturgy, by making sure what we do for God is the best we can offer, beautiful. You know, and so if we don't first do that ourselves, we can't lead others to that transcendent beauty. And I think we need to pray like, Lord, like, allow me to see beauty. Like, where do you want me to see Mm -hmm. you in this world? And I think we would we need to mention as we talk about beauty, like, what does Satan do? Satan, like, if beauty is something that draws us to our creator and allows Mm -hmm. us to see the goodness of God and it's kind of like a balm in our suffering, then what is Satan going to do? He's going to want to attack that and he's going to want to destroy it. And how, like, how clearly can we see that in our culture and like, um, you know, the objectification uh, of beauty, the, you know, the destruction of, you know, beautiful things. So at this, so we need, we need these eyes that are like, um, looking for God, but also eyes that are like aware of Satan's, um, cunningness, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and there's this like beautiful prayer, like, I can't remember exactly, but it's like, Lord, like break my heart for what breaks yours. Oh, that's my favorite and, quote. Uh, what's the other, what's the good uh-huh. part of Break my heart for what breaks yours. It's a song. <laughs> <laughs> well, if songs can be singing is praying Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I just mm-hmm. everything yeah. I am for your kingdom come. That one, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's a song. Prayers well, can it. be songs too. No, no, no uh, well, I, you can if you wish. I really would prefer not to. Okay. Um, no. Okay. We, I mean, a radio program that does music. I mean, we're on the radio, right? We should do some music, right? I feel like there's uh, some copyright laws for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> so, you know, kind of wrapping this all all together. I mean, we have an obligation to ask God to keep on giving us these gifts of beauty, you know, to open our eyes because ultimately it all comes from him. The even the ability to see beauty comes mm-hmm. from him, to recognize it, to, you know, appreciate it. So, in a sense, that's what should be our prayer. And as it is, that is the end of our show. So we're going to close with prayer. Again, my name is Father Nick Ventura. I'm joined in the studio by Kayla Walton, Trisha Casson, and Joel Yarmish. And you're listening to Alive for More on St. Gabriel Radio, AM820. Remember, you can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online, on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And we're going to go ahead and close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Good and gracious God, you give us this time on this earth to see your beauty and to appreciate all that you have given us. Help us by your grace to open our eyes to the wonders of your law, to the wonders of your name. And we ask this all in the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Until next time, God bless you. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then he... So